0: You know what that means, Steve. You don't find Guy Hansen. Guy Hansen finds you. <laughs> <laughs> Guy Hansen finds you. Snow
1: day.
2: Snow day. I want to sleep today. Away. If we had a snow day. Snow day. Snow day. My friends
1: can help. Episode 9, the weed snow episode. Day. a few things from the last pod. We had a whole bunch of stuff going on on Twitter, boys. It was it was crazy. I really feel like the last pod blew up for us. Tell your friends. We like to have people listening. Rate and review us. Uh, subscribe as well. Helps us out a lot. And we know you're listening and, and we feel really good. Yeah. We're inspired to do more pod. We have officially enlisted another Jaguar. No. True story. Who's Todd that? Todd Harwood has signed on as our social media guy. So we're going to get him the passwords. Nice. And I think he's going to get us onto a couple more platforms are we 83 Jaguars? Uh, 85? 84. Uh, no, 84. No more, yeah. I'll have to double check yep. with Todd. I think he's a 93 Jaguar. Whoa, Not quite
3: in our peer group. I saw Harwood and Thompson uh, last week, I think. And he was so stoked that Bruce, you asked him to be involved. And I said, dude, you got to come on board.
0: Everyone, everyone wants to hang with the cool kids. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> He wants to hang with the
3: cool kids. It's like, you know, getting a picture with uh, Keith Richards. Not a big deal. (laughs) Not not a big deal at all.
1: (laughs) So uh, a couple of things also from the other pod. Uh, Derek Thompson, him and you, Steve, confirmed where Seven Days Restaurant was. We were all wrong. That's right. I sent
3: a picture. 23 Station Road. Right there, dudes.
1: It's yeah. where it was. So it's, it's a brown lie. building. It's a dance studio now. And actually, unbelievably, when I worked for Norman Regional Development Corporation, I worked out of that building. I worked at Seven Days Restaurant, boys.
3: <laughs> and uh, I just signed up for dance lessons.
1: Another thing that we had to circle back on from the last pod... Harold Smith said that he wasn't disgusted with me. It was just a look of surprise that I was actually using (laughs) gas to start a fire. So he he wanted to clear that up and said that since then, fossil fuels uh, find their way to his fire pit pretty regularly. So he's on board, Lester.
3: He's coming clean. Wasn't surprised, it was disgust.
1: The Guy Hansen update I can give though, is his neighbor, Suzanne Sobel, fan of the pod, confirmed that the cabin is now uh, level. He got it back up on the foundation. It's all good and then a tree fell on it and cut his power.
0: Yep, that so, happened last week.
1: <laughs> sounds like Hydro's on their way, and uh, the cabin will be back up and running soon. Last one uh, on the guy, Hansen Update. Steve, you bumped into him in the, in the airport yeah. in Winnipeg like we yeah. were hoping would yeah. happen. It was
3: awesome. It was serendipitous.
0: Yeah, that was a fantastic end. I swear,
3: I, was, I went to the airport. My head was in my work and stuff, and I just stopped. Went, Okay, I should just check out. I walked out. Took one step out of the Air Canada lounge, and Guy and Faye were literally right lined up, right in front of me. It was it was awesome. Couldn't have been any better. They were. So, I don't know who was more excited. They just got back from their trip to New York with Les, and I was so excited to see the Air Canada lady. Goes, are you related to
0: them? I said, we're all related, lady. We're all related. You know what that means, Steve? You don't find Guy Hansen. Guy Hansen finds you. <laughs> Guy Hansen finds you. <laughs> <laughs> he just <laughs> steps out of the trees. Going, oh, I'm going to go look for my handsome stuff. with go, hey, Steve, what do you want? Why are you looking for me?
3: <laughs> and what's with the band flutes every time you show up, dude? <laughs> <laughs> Steve, are you drunk? No, I'm drunk on
2: this podcast. I, have,
3: I haven't slept. You're all for over two, the
2: place, you man. I haven't. I haven't real in.
0: I haven't slept for two days. <laughs> okay. okay, well, for the record, if he was drunk, it would be socially acceptable because we are recording this podcast rather late at night. It's almost midnight in. the... I, in the
3: I wish I was. So not. you know
0: it's not like it's two in the afternoon on a Wednesday. <laughs> it's, it's true. L- sound like <laughs> a public advertisement there. like <laughs> <laughs>
1: Just before we get started, just to make sure we're all on the same page as we're listening to this, understand this is just four guys sitting around in a virtual living room having a chat because they're stuck in a snowstorm. It's not our professional selves. There's nothing here we're embarrassed about, but there's going to be a little bit of swearing and just us being us. So let's take it for what it is. This is Snow Day, a podcast with Dr. George Alvarez.
2: Well, I guess it doesn't matter where we're at because it's coming uh, <laughs> July 1st.
1: Leslie Hansen, software company owner and CEO.
0: You know, full full disclosure to the listening audience I have some business interests in the industry.
1: And that's not like selling weed on the street corner, right? It's a little no, bit more legitimate. That's, legit in, than the,
0: that's <laughs> in the uh, legal, fully federally licensed side of the industry.
1: Stephen DeGroote internationally renowned speaker author and leadership expert
3: i don't know the hullabaloo and i just wanted to use that word i've been
1: waiting 10 years to use that word (laughs) is and me bruce Krantz, the one they left behind my head for sure says there's no reason not to but would have to say honestly from my heart i'd say no just because probably a fear of the unknown Let's do just another quick roundup. We talked a little bit about what I've had going on, but Georgie, what's been up with you? You're having trouble getting a word in edgewise here.
2: Yeah, it's, it is hard with these group of bozos. Uh, Les and I were out uh, on Vancouver Island uh, near Cofino celebrating my birthday and Jeff Bacon's birthday. and We were surfing and fishing and drinking and just had a spectacular weekend uh, together. Les and I flew back in a little tiny plane back to Vancouver, which was fun. And uh, mm-hmm. to further the Guy Hansen, I was talking to my sister the other day, and she said I have a Guy Hansen story for your <laughs> podcast.
1: Throw this to her, Georgie. That uh, we'll have her on the pod to tell the story.
2: Guest appearance. Nice. So where are we
0: talking guests?
1: I think we're at a point where I would take anybody live that would tell us a Guy Hansen story. If you got one, <laughs> we will Skype you in.
0: <laughs> I think we got to put some thought into who should be the first like honored guest on the show. It's got to be Guy. Right. Yeah, if we can tell these story with a little guy, it's gotta, he's got to be first. That's true. We can only yeah. talk about him so much without him making an appearance on the pod himself to defend himself, I suppose.
1: Uh, Lester, anything else on uh, what's been going on? I saw the pic of the plane that you and George flew.
0: Yeah, no, it was pretty cool. No, I think George told it. We were together last weekend. I had a great time. And uh, now I'm back in T.O. And
3: here we
1: go. Stevie, last word. You're you're not really drunk.
3: I wish I was. I had one glass of wine with Bray tonight. Uh, I was in. I did. Uh, I think it was like 11 cities in 14 days. Uh, it's been insane. I yeah. I pulled a couple all nighters. I was in Montreal yesterday, and you know, just doing some really good stuff. I you know. I saw the pictures of uh, Les and George, and it sounds like they had a good time with the, like a broke back Mountain kind of theme. So it's. Uh, <laughs> that sounds
0: uh, really great. <laughs> hey, a Erodi, Well, we did. You know? We did have to help each other uh, stuff ourselves into our wetsuits. So, uh. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. I saw I the know. pictures. I thought,
0: I we thought, what's going Is that a sock? Visual.
3: You're supposed to put it down low, not around the waist.
1: For me, on the wetsuit, guys, I have one at uh, at Studio B, and they're a pain to get into, and it's kind of awkward. But isn't it great when you're swimming around in one? It just feels like a million bucks.
0: Yeah, Oh yeah, it was amazing. I couldn't believe we weren't—you uh, know—we had been forewarned that the ocean water off of Vancouver Island was going to be a little chilly for us land lovers. But no, I could have stayed out there all day. It was beautiful and warm, and that wetsuit was awesome.
1: I love it. The kids hate me for it. They think I'm—I'm I'm weak. They think I'm old and soft.
0: Yeah, but
3: they're weird. They're weirded out because you wear it to bed, Bruce. Uh, more, <laughs> it's more—it's more about getting up in the morning with the coffee and the wetsuit on.
1: Put it on Friday at 5 and take it off Sunday night at 8 when I leave the place.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, a it's your evening weekend, weekend wear. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> it's weekend wear. My, <laughs> little kids, you put a life jacket on them and just turn them loose and then you have your weekend. It's, it's great. Nobody worries about me. All right. I'm, grab, I'm grabbing the tomato timer, boys. The uh, topic of the day is it's it's the weed episode it kind of popped up from a couple people saying, hey, this would be a good one to look at. So I feel like we got some some pretty differing perspectives on uh, whether it should be legal or not and, and how we feel about it. So that's the question. We're looking for a yes or no and then a little perspective from sort of your life. Georgie, can we start with you? Maybe a little medical perspective, but you've also got some kids that are coming up and, and all that. Where are you at on this?
2: Well, I guess it doesn't matter where we're at because it's coming uh, <laughs> July 1st. So we have a little choice. You know, I've been thinking about this and I think from you know, a societal perspective, it makes perfect sense to legalize this drug. The amount of time and effort and money to policing it, prosecuting it, uh, doesn't really make any sense. The tax revenue may, you know, for the government is great, but I think on an individual level, I don't think it makes much sense to legalize it. I, I will say yes from a societal perspective, but no from an individual perspective. Mm-hmm level, and then I can kind of chime in on some medical stuff so I don't hog. Because
3: What do you, what do you no, mean by an individual level, George? I'm, like, I don't know what you mean by that. It,
2: yeah, well, it, it's kind of akin to sort of alcohol uh, or even cigarettes. From a societal perspective, like what I had said, of course we should legalize it because there's too much time and effort and money going into prosecuting probably not that dangerous of a substance, but from an individual level, and by that I... I I guess I'm sort of meaning more youth and adolescence, because I think most of the issues that people have are around, you know, adolescence and young adults, and you know, brain development, because I mean people who are interested in this drug concentrate around, like, the plastic young brains and, you know, addictions that are associated with it, so I I don't, I think from the individual effects can be harmful, but from a societal perspective, I think legalizing it makes perfect sense.
1: I like that, Steve. Mm. You were jumping in a bit. Where are you at on this one?
3: Uh, I have a range of views on this. I think, uh, I think overall, you know, when you when you look at the, the last legal drug, or currently the second to last legal drug, alcohol uh, and cigarette, when you when you put when you weigh pot use against uh, you know carcinogens and nicotine and alcohol. Mm. Um, but then you look at the pharmaceutical, like the pharmaceutical industries. Psychopharmacology is like a trillion uh, dollar industry. We got people on all these sorts of drugs that are killing their kidneys and their liver long term. You know, we call it whatever. They're they're medicating themselves, anti-anxieties and all this stuff. Everything, all that's okay. Uh, marijuana use uh, has less of a dangerous impact on the body than all of those things. And the fact that we're ignoring that kind of just you know because it's big business, right? Um, I think is one of the things that bothers me the most. You know that it's it's okay to put kids on antipsychotics and all these these drugs that are pushed by the psychopharmacology industry, Uh, and we have this problem with marijuana, which when you pound for pound you kind of put them against each other is has less of a harmful effect individually than all these other things, right? And it comes down to like. You know, I really believe it comes down to capitalism. And uh, I work with a lot of kids that were out of control. And they're like, oh, you know, the big issue is get them off pot, get them off pot, but then put them on three types of drugs that we know uh, are going to kill their kidneys and their liver. But that's okay. I just don't understand that piece. So I don't really have a position. I just know that, you know, the people that I know that smoke pot occasionally um, seem to be pretty successful in life and do okay. I don't know what the hullabaloo, and I just wanted to use that word. I've been waiting ten years to use that word. <laughs> is I don't think I don't think it's a big issue. I think there's much more dangerous things out there than marijuana, and I think we're making a bigger deal uh, than it
1: should be. Lester, software company owner, CEO, and entrepreneur. Uh, what do you think?
0: Uh, yeah, I think I think there's validity in in what both Steve and George have said. I would say that if it's if I have to go with a simple yes no answer, that I would say yes, I support legalization of marijuana in Canada um, important point George made uh, it's coming anyway so it's no longer a question of whether or not we support it um, by by all indications out of Ottawa next July um, legalized recreational use of marijuana is going to be the law of the land of Canada and we're going to be the first you know, major Western country that is going to have that laws so it's going to be a pretty interesting time to be Canadian because we're going to attract a lot of international attention in the news you know, full full disclosure to the listening audience, I have some business interests in the industry. I've been thinking about it and and working around it for quite some time. and so, and,
1: and that's not like selling weed on the street corner, right? It's a little bit no, more legit. That's than in that.
0: the, <laughs> yeah, that's in the uh, the legal, fully federally licensed side of the industry that that has uh, come to life in Canada in the last few years. And I think there's a I think there's a couple of things to think of. You know, George, when you say that there's a risk on the individual side, centered mostly around child use, for sure. I don't think anybody, no, you know, no right-minded adult thinks it's okay for uh, children to smoke marijuana, the same way we don't think it's, it's okay for them to drink alcohol, which is why there's going to be uh, legal age. I think in every province, the legal age for, for marijuana use is going to match the legal age for alcohol use. Uh, Now, we all know uh, and we all did drink underage and we probably all smoked weed underage as well. So that's not necessarily going to stop anything. But I think in terms of, you know, society trying to govern itself accordingly, uh, every effort will be, be made to keep marijuana out of the hands of kids. People need to recognize, you know, as when the liberal government started to table this in the run up to the last election, that they thought it would be a platform that would make sense to Canadians people on the other side of the issue all come out of the woodwork with their opinions. And it's like, well, now so many people are going to start smoking marijuana and now kids are going to start smoking marijuana. Now people are going to start driving stone. So we need roadside tests for marijuana. People need to realize that anybody in Canada right now who wants marijuana gets marijuana. The black market for recreational use marijuana in Canada is in the billions of dollars. It is easier for it in, in most places. And Steve, I'm sure you're more familiar with this than me. But in most places in Canada, it's way easier for a teenage, underage kid to get marijuana than it is for them to get alcohol. Yeah, just go to the high school, just go to the local high school and get it. Yeah, yeah. And so when you when you think about the problem that you're trying to solve, you have to think about whether your solution is actually addressing that problem. Right. The way Mm -hmm. you're going to keep kids from smoking marijuana is not by keeping it illegal. Because that's already not working, because teenage kids smoke marijuana. The way to keep kids from smoking marijuana is through proper education and proper counseling and all the you know, smart things that we try to do as a society to, to raise our, our children properly and, and safely. I think the other thing, too, is that, that everybody, in most parts of the world, everybody is starting to realize that what we grew up, because it was a term that came out of the, the Reagan 80s, uh, the war on drugs, In general has failed all around the world that Mm -hmm. that efforts you know to take police action military action against drugs has not worked it's resulted in a in you know drug crime and violence on a global scale that's probably much worse than anybody even envisioned in the 80s it's it's absolutely a control as a as a governance to say to take a step back and say okay what we have been doing for 30 40 years Absolutely, is not working. We should take a different look at this and take a different approach to it. Is probably a smart thing. And yeah, I'm I'm not. You know, I, ha- I have some friends and there's some very intelligent people, very strong politically minded people who have gone to the extent of, of they're now starting to advocate that all drugs should be made legal because if you take the criminality out of it, we have a better chance of controlling the safety issues around it. I'm not sure I'm convinced to go that far yet, but I certainly yeah. think that that legalizing marijuana is a step in the right direction because there's billions of dollars being made by people growing and selling marijuana in this country already, and there's absolutely no way for that product to be controlled. Yeah. I
2: would disagree with that less because I, I the, the first half of your argument, I think, is valid, but just like us growing up with alcohol and Everybody I deal with medically and we all deal with socially, I think just because you regulate it and you control it and you tax it doesn't mean youth or young adults will use it more responsibly.
0: Oh, that's not the point that I was making. No. I, I didn't say that would happen. I, I just said that legalizing it I don't think is going to lead to increased usage because the usage levels in teens is already Astronomically high. Yeah, yeah I disagree. Less it'll
2: it'll be, it'll definitely go up. It's impossible to believe usage will not go up. Why would you ever think
0: it would not go up?
3: Because it's more available.
0: Because it's more well, available. Not, but why do you think it's going to be more available? I'll tell you the one place. I'll tell you the one place that a kid will not be able to buy marijuana after legalization, and that's in any store that's legally licensed to sell it. Where they will be able to buy marijuana is exactly where they're buying it right now. But there's no way a a 16-year-old kid is going to walk into an Ontario government-controlled store next year and buy marijuana. It's not going to happen. But their 18-year-old big brother will, and then give it to them.
1: I I mean, I feel a little bit like George does. I I think if it's more socially acceptable, which it will be. It's going to lead to an increase in use, a little bit, just like some controls have led to less smoking, right? When we said you can't smoke in bars anymore, you shouldn't smoke in your car. I think that's led to some, some people doing it less, right? Because it's a little less socially acceptable.
3: Now I just I just smoke in my bed. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I suppose, and and there'll be know, a blip less. will be I don't a blip. think this, be I don't uptake. think the center point. I don't think the center point of this conversation should be necessarily whether or not the usage rate in use is going to go up or down because obviously we're all on the same side of not wanting that to happen. My point was simply that you know a lot of people who have those hardline views against legalization are 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 both naive and uninformed on how readily accessible it is. For, yeah, yes. That's true. And I
3: and I agree. That's I, my point. like like I yeah, and I agree with that. You can if you want pot you can get it anywhere. Uh, what I agree with less is uh you got a bunch of crap in it you don't know where it's from it's not safe you know i mean there's those those factors as well right and i think you know it's one of those things that we're gonna it's gonna happen it's coming like you guys say and we're gonna learn to deal with it and figure out how to make it safe and uh less accessible george alcohol in europe right i mean it's like you know when you make something taboo there's another element of the need to get it the need to have it right when you when you regulate it in a way where it's socially acceptable and there's an education and there's like responsible role models, that's when you start to shape it. Right. But when it's like, you can't have it, you can't have it. I think there's an extra element there to that drive to have to get it and seek it out in ways that are unacceptable and unsafe. That's, that's another element I think.
2: Yeah, no. And I mean, I have personal experience with that. I mean, alcohol was very demystified me growing up. My dad made, you know, a thousand liters, a year, wine was right. always around. There was always people drinking around. So for me, there wasn't no mystique around alcohol. So as a consequence, I didn't yeah. particularly go try to drink behind. It wasn't locked up. So I think up. it's valid. Yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah. a valid. It wasn't plan. locked up.
3: You know, when mm-hmm. it was locked up, it was like, oh, is this thing that's just out of your reach, right? Like kids are. Why you want to talk about brain science and neuroscience? Kids are kids are wired biologically uh, to take risks. Right, so when there's absolutely. a risk element, when there's a risk element to it, there's there's research, un, you know, unequivocal that you know, kids will try to take that risk. So you take the risk away, and you take that danger away. It's that simple. Like Taking this the
1: risk away by making it more accessible, making it normal, yeah, m- normalizing absolutely. it, basically.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's there's a there's a, like there's a lot of research that shows that teenagers are wired to take risks, and a risk is a chance that you're going to succeed or fail. Risks that are taboo are higher likely that kids will go for it's, a, it's an element that a lot of people don't realize right But there's a lot of a lot of science behind it and a lot of people are uninformed on different and we all are We're, There's different angles on this thing, uh, you know, which is why we've got to talk about it That's that's yeah. what we got to do because
0: it's a it's a multifaceted Issue and decision to make right we we would all agree that we don't want to underage kids to drink alcohol yet as a society we have agreed that we will make alcohol available to adults in a legal format, and we've done it for 100 years. We would all agree that we don't want kids taking narcotics and opiates, but mm-hmm. as a society, we continue to empower the medical profession to write prescriptions for drugs that we know end up in the hands of kids. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we've decided you know, to take these risks and try to protect youth from them in other areas. So why would that thinking not also expand to marijuana? I'm not saying this because I'm a big preacher of the benefits of marijuana.
3: You know, Les, are you but high?
0: I, <laughs> 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 no, Steve, I could, Steve, I could count, I could count on my fingers the number of times <laughs> I've been high in the last decade. That's that's a that's a true statement. <laughs> yeah. I, I am a very rare occasion uh, partaker in, in marijuana. <laughs> but I do think and I and I'd like to throw this back to Georgie, right? Because there's a there's a lot of other aspects of this of this conversation. And and from the medical side, one of the interesting things is some people have again, I think a bit of a naive view of the damaging aspects of this drug, not considering childhood use because we can all agree that that's a bad thing but george I, w- I would ask you this right you in a hospital setting deal with people coming into your icu who've destroyed their lives and their bodies with alcohol all the time right yes you deal with people coming into your icu who've destroyed their lives and their body it's with narcotic and opiate addiction right yes how often does somebody end up in your icu because they've destroyed their life and their body with marijuana
2: yeah as the sole factor you're right rarely yeah, i mean yeah. I, I would i would echo and chime that i've seen many more people destroyed with prescription and non-prescription opioids alcohol nicotine by orders of magnitude than i ever have with uh, with pot the the interesting thing is that we don't know yet and just to, to speak to one point about Steve, which I agree. I do think we over medicate children. The yeah. health effects I think we can't say because all those studies that people those quasi studies that people quote are are from the seven you know, starting in the seventies all the way up to the nineties when the average THC level was maybe three to five percent. Now a days it's fifteen and as Les can well point out. Uh, because of his interest in this product, you can get resins up to 75% THC level. So I don't think we can say yet what the health benefits or deleterious effects, because I think there's both. There are some legit medical uses for it. So I think it's a little bit too early to say that it may not be harmful, and there's some interesting cool stuff that it might be helpful. Uh, But I think the overall health effect will kind of depend on how laws influence the way other substances are used like alcohol, you know, and prescription drugs, for example. Will people who use other substance now steer clear of it and just move to cannabis, which would probably be a good thing? Or will just cannabis be an add-on? Will they just layer it on top of
0: mm-hmm. other use? Right.
2: So that's an interesting yeah. thing. I don't know what will happen. I wish yeah. they would move away and use more cannabis because you're right. I yep. think they'd just be more, you know, couch potatoes and eat a lot of like chips
3: yeah, you're no, right. Doritos, and- Doritos is the biggest lobbyist of the... The, <laughs> the <laughs> biggest pro marijuana lobbyist is,
0: is Doritos and miracle Grow. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the two stocks you should be investing and in weird. prior to Tia, the run-up. Chia, of the Pet, Chia Pet is Chia making Pet. a comeback. <laughs> yeah. George, I think, I think those are, are interesting <laughs> points. Two, two things that I'll toss in on that side because, of course, the interesting thing to talk about now is... Uh, legalized recreational use, because that's what the Parliament is debating right now. But for a number of years now in Canada, most people don't realize uh, that for over a decade there has been legalized medicinal marijuana use allowed in (laughs) this country. And not only allowed, but several times patients have taken this issue to courts of various levels in Canada, and they have always won. So the reason that the Harper government instituted what was then called the MMPR program, the uh, Marijuana for Medical Purposes Regulations Program, was because the Supreme Court told them, hey, guess what? Medical marijuana is a legitimate medicine, and you have to make it available to Canadian citizens. Okay, So once you recognize that as a society, that this is actually a medicine, It only makes sense that you start thinking of it as and treating it as you would any other medicine. And the reason I think that that's important, George, is because what you're saying is very true. Most of the studies around cannabis use, the medical studies are not what you would consider like a valid, you know, tier one, double blind, randomized study, because there's never been resources available to do that. But I think one of the benefits, the pharmaceutical companies are going to start to pour millions and millions and hundreds of millions of dollars research dollars into what can actually be done with this drug and you as a doctor 10 years from now will have probably a very good idea of how it works why it works and when you should use it in your arsenal without legalization that would never happen and then the only other thing i'll toss in just quickly is i know there are are some studies being done now and there's some doctors out east here already who use uh cannabis as a um, cessation plan or a step-down plan for opiate addiction um which i think we'd we'd all agree if you could take an opiate addict and step them down to being a pothead um you know they're they're still an addict but they're in a much better place yeah they're much safer yep that's a good point
1: well we're we're well past the end of the tomato timer we might have to do a part two on this one because we were uh we were rolling pretty good. Couple thoughts uh, from me. Probably a little bit of a, a just a trepidation of the unknown. Be opposed to having a separation between the medical and the recreational side of all this. Right. I agree with you, Lester. That uh, it seems like there's lots of medical benefits. It's funny to me up to now, though, the studies that you see and the and the little things that you see in the media often feel like <laughs> things that you would see for red wine or beer. Saying you know. Red wine's good for you. You should drink two glasses a day.
3: But there's no real... Just two? Ooh, what the... Yeah, your, that's absolutely
0: true, <laughs> Bruce. For your
1: antioxidants, right? Well, whatever that means. Yeah. Um. So I, I think yeah. that's there. I mean, it's funny you say that, Les. I, I got to come clean. I felt like I had to on this. Never tried it. So oh, yeah, I know, crazy, right? So there's some yeah. serious, I'm uh, not serious, but a little trepidation for me just because this is sort of the unknown, and I don't know where that's going to end up with my kids and society. Not to say I've never seen it or not been around or time was never right for me, right? Hey, I, I, me I, neither. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> until until right at this moment. <laughs> until right
3: now, I was just compelled. I had to. That's why I was so quiet. I went out and put it on mute and I just went down the road out to the local high school.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so since we were all throwing it in, I'm at a no, but I'm, I'm exactly where George is. I think you're, my head for sure says there's no reason not to, right? But I would, would have to say honestly from my heart, if someone had to make me vote today, I'd say no just because probably a fear of the unknown. I'll wrap it there unless somebody else, do you have any final thoughts, anything you didn't get a chance to throw in?
0: I have one final thought. And that is that uh, the first time Steve Degroot bought marijuana, <laughs> was I wasn't he, alone. Was, was, was from in you? the washroom of the City Center Mall, and he bought it from Robert Delleron.
3: No, no, and, no. It was no. It was uh, Jimmy that J- Armstrong. I hope he's still not alive. He'll kill us. We walked around the fountain less, <laughs> and we thought about it. We, we said no the first time. This, is, this yeah. is exactly how it went. This could be a pod addict. Out- we thought about it. We, we actually, we were going to go, we talked to him, we said no. He came up to us, he said, do you guys want to buy some weed? Right at the city sounder phone. We said no, we ran away. We got to a point, we stopped, we looked at each other. This is how good we are together, we still do this. And we went, why not? Why did, we, why did we just say no? <laughs> we went back and we found him. Now, it wasn't Steve DeGroote alone, dude. We we did it together. We
0: were in it together, man. Well, of course, that's why I know the story so well. <laughs> this is a, a first person's recounting of his tale. But I, I remember very clearly that Robert Delron was there.
3: Well, yeah, he was close by. Yeah, he was close he was by. There.
0: Yeah. He, well, was, probably he the pusher. was part of the transaction. <laughs>
3: yeah Yeah. all right Uh, i didn't know that story was going to come up yeah
1: interesting as a wrap it sounds like like you say this is going to happen anyway so really we're we're at four yeses but uh with some question marks and and honestly it'll be interesting to see where the where it all goes we said we'd wrap up with a new segment called uh when's the last time you lester throw it out
0: all right here's my question for the pod when is the last time you ran out of gas (laughs) Now, is that a metaphor, or is that literally? (laughs) Yeah, no, and George, we all know that you never run out of gas, so I'm speaking about your car. What was the last thing (laughs) you actually ran a motor vehicle out of gas?
2: Most cars tell you when you're going to run out of gas, so I got to tell you, uh, I actually have never run out of gas. I have picked up people that have run out of gas, including my girlfriend uh, a few months back, but I've actually personally never run out of gas.
3: I ran out of gas about two months ago. <laughs> I I have to admit I was on I don't know I was on Broadway and yeah I did push the limits. i was, I was sleep deprived. I'm like hey I'll get gas and I just forgot and I ran out of, I ran out of gas and thank goodness I was by uh, one of those Shell stations. I, I I bought my first jerry can ever <laughs> and I had a I had a suit on a briefcase on my left side and a jerry can and some guys stopped me seriously I swear to god some guy stops me and goes hey did you run into gas (laughs) (laughs) If, if my hands weren't full I would have throat punched him but I didn't I had to say yeah I did
1: I'm more embarrassed for you for not having a jerry can
0: yeah <laughs> oh he uh, oh. doesn't have oh. six
1: man come on
0: what's wow. wrong with you no jerry can
1: yeah you're not a man <laughs> without a jerry can uh you know what i don't can't wow. remember the last time that i ran out of gas but the last time i was with someone was with uh one of our first subscribers Derek thompson we were 17 16 17 years old here in thompson his parents went away for a month and left us with their blue s10 i don't know if you guys remember that <laughs> vehicle and yeah. I mean we were poor And we were stupid So we would put in $5 at a time And I think we ran out of gas Like three or four times In three weeks It was ridiculous There's that one And I'll quickly throw in uh, Producer Mike ran out of gas This summer While teaching his kid How to drive the boat so, <laughs> Here's so how you drive the boat, son. Uh-oh, we're stuck in the middle of the lake with no gas. Did he try to cover it up that he was doing
0: it as an intentional challenge? Oh, what do you do when you run out of gas in the middle of the lake? He should have called
1: Survivor, son, Survivor boy. Get, son. get the paddle, son, and make for shore.
3: My hey, arms hurt. You shouldn't have run out of gas then, Brady. Yes.
1: They had a cell phone. All, all's well that ends well. Shoot it to us on Twitter at Snow Day Pod. What was the last time you ran out of gas? We'd love to what hear. What about Lester?
0: Too. Lester? Oh yeah, I Lester. Didn't hear Lester. We Lester. forgot all about he, you. He dodged it. He yeah, dodged yeah. So it. no, no, I, I, did, I didn't dodge it. I was just wondering if, if Grant fucking shoved me out into the wilderness. I get to answer my own question. So fuck you, and you're running out of gas. <laughs> fuck so, Producer Mike. Yeah, producer Mike took my, took my air time. I'm going to tell my story. Don't let Hansen tell his story tried to chew into my tomato timer time. So I've actually I've only I've I've run out of gas twice in my life. The first time was like thirty years ago or so I was working construction when I was going to U of M and it was one of those I had borrowed Jeff Bacon's my roommate Jeff Bacon's car because he was out of town and it was Friday afternoon and it was payday and all week, same thing. I was poor. I didn't have any money to put gas in, but I knew it was payday. So I, uh, I I thought I would chance fate and get my paycheck and take my paycheck to the bank and put gas in the car. And I didn't quite make it. And I ended up pushing his 1978 shit brown Ford Pinto <laughs> all the way down Waverly. And it took me about three hours. <laughs> and so that was 30 years ago. But then a couple of years ago, I guess it was three years ago when I had just bought my new car, I'd had it for about a month. And, you know, my warning light came on the first little flicker, like, you know, it's a fancy new car. It's probably got like some fancy specialized countdown. It's going to start telling me how many kilometers I can go or how many minutes (laughs) I can drive. Like, I just naively thought that it would have a more sophisticated warning system than my 10-year-old car that I had just traded in. And apparently it did not. (laughs) I ran out of gas right downtown toronto busy rush hour in my mercedes when you run out of gas the uh, steering locks up and everything fucking dies so i was i was able to barely wrestle it over into the into the parking lane and save the full humiliation of having to get a tow truck into the middle of rush hour traffic
1: <laughs> It'll be that guy did wow. you have to buy a jerry can well, oh. actually <laughs> That stings, Grant.
0: That stings. Kratz. What I what I did Bruce is I called up their roadside assistants and they're like, Oh, Mr. Hansen, you know, how's everything going? And I said, "Flatbed." Oh. Flatband it. God, You're saying you know my name? Like like what? she's like, First of all, can I ask you, are you somewhere safe? Yeah. I'm like 100 yards from my office in downtown toronto i'm completely safe i just ran out of gas and she goes oh no problem we'll have someone come out and take care of that 20 minutes later a little dude walks up and taps on my window carrying a jerry can of gas that's
2: white man money there i know right (laughs) you know well let me end it with a little shout out to my uh, recently deceased father i carry a few things always in my car because of him one is a jerry can two is booster cables Three is money, like hard cash. I always have like 50 bucks in my car. And four is toking gloves. Because my dad said, you always, you know, traveling the Manitoba winter. So I carry those four things in all of my vehicles all the time.
1: I'm looking where, for that 50
3: bucks, man. Where do you I keep the 50 your
1: 50 bucks? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Fuck the two There couldn't be wiser words, but we're all going to be looking for that 50 bucks, Georgie. This is going to cost you a fortune every time you give us a ride. I heard, I heard nothing but the 50 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Those are wise that's words on that. that That's a pod, boys we got to wrap right there Quick yeah. shout out over to one of our new day listeners day. Debbie Foster the listeners. First confirmed American a listener
0: So uh, top show Hey Debbie, keep listening we'll Keep will here in the NCAA We'll the month. A yeah. we a right. Right. Take care, guys thank right. right. see you
2: guys, guys If we had a snow day You know I would
3: enjoy
0: it
2: Know I would enjoy it
1: Want to do us a favor? Point your friends to Snow Day Pod when they're at iTunes or send them to www.snowdaypod.podbean.com. Find us at Snow Day Pod on Twitter. Thanks for helping, friends.